So what do you need to know before going into business with the government or DOD? Stick around, we're gonna talk about that tonight. But first, good evening, Agile Acquisition Enthusiasts. Welcome back to the Underground Digital Tiki Bar. It's Friday night, and that means it's time for another episode of Agile Acquisitions and Alcohol. Cheers. First things first, uh, I want to make sure everybody knows that I have launched a podcast. Currently, the podcast, which is available on anchor.fm and all popular podcast avenues, um, I've taken all of my YouTube videos and I've moved them over so you can now listen to them in case you're tired of looking at me uh, and you still want to get some good information on acquisitions. I'm also going to create some unique podcasts that are going to be interviewing uh, key people in the, in the government and industry space so we can get some different perspectives other than just mine because you're probably tired of hearing those too. But some people aren't tired of hearing them. And for example, uh, Mitchell Sippis of Calypso AI sent in some questions. Thank you, Mitchell. I always appreciate it. The hardest part of doing this is coming up with what might actually be interesting to the viewers. So hearing from you and finding that out is super helpful. Mitchell wants to know if someone is about to launch a company or has recently launched a company that's focused on government and DOD, where's the best place to start? What are some things they need to know what is a good government point of entry? And what about funding? What about raising funding in addition to government contracts? Well, that's a lot. <laughs> I think maybe all of my videos together are the answer, but I will try to provide some context in a short little uh, segment here to just kind of get some ideas thinking. I think in the core of that question is, what do you need to know when going into this area of business? Um, I think the first thing you, need, you need to know is it's super hard. Uh, no question about it. It takes a very, very long time to work through the acquisition life cycle in the government, especially the Department of Defense, but that is not a unique characteristic to the Department of Defense. Everybody knows this, but it's just something that you have to really mentally prepare for that even if you have all of the connections in the world, working through that process is going to take time. Well, what does that mean? It means you're gonna to have to have money to survive the length of time it's going to take from where you start trying to get into government business and you actually get a contract and you actually get reimbursed or paid from your invoices on that contract because the government pays 30 to, or, or so days after the invoice is submitted. So it's going to be a while before you start getting revenue in from that source. You know, raising funding means other people are going to have interests. They're going to have a stake in, in your company and have some influence over decisions that you make. That can be really good if those are very informed, um, knowledgeable people about the space you're getting into uh, or the capability you're attempting to deliver. They can be a resource for you. And having that funding definitely gives you the ability to kind of survive the time frame it takes to get a foothold in the government space. That being said, it's not the answer for everybody. So what else is there to know? If you're going to start a government-focused company, there's some basic registration and forms that you just have to fill out. You have to register for SAM.gov. If you're going to do business with DOD, you got to get a cage code. All these things take time. Uh, they're nothing that should sway you from doing it. It's just a process. And most likely it will take less time than getting your first contract. So 
if that's a decision that you're going to make, you're going to want to go ahead and do that. And if you're a small business and you fall within one of the set aside standards like 8A or hub zone or woman owned or uh, service disabled veteran, uh, then you're going to have to register. And all of those, of course, take time as well. So you're going to want to start doing these things as soon as possible. Uh, as far as a point of entry, uh, GSA does have some mechanisms for on-ramping small businesses quickly, but it's not necessarily super quick in most cases. So I don't generally suggest GSA or GSA schedules, I should say, as the first place to start, but it's also something to start thinking about early on. You generally want to look for what are the pilot prototype sort of innovative groups that you could target and start having conversations, which brings yet another challenge. A big part of getting into that space is getting those conversations, getting access to decision makers in the government and letting them know you're there and what capabilities you're bringing, whether it's technology or services uh, and what makes you unique and getting them interested in wanting to work with you and then creating avenues for them to get to you. Uh, the Air Force I've talked about quite a bit has heavily leveraged the CIBR program. Uh, the CIBR program is a pretty, I don't want to say easy because nothing's easy, but it's a easier method for getting uh, access to some amount of government funding, especially if you work through the traditional phase one, phase two, phase three approach, then the phase one is a pretty low bar of capability uh, to get in. And then you can work your way through the process and it gives you access to talk to government people, which is important and difficult. So that is one method to do. Uh, another is to look for other transaction postings through consortiums. Um, and then honestly, partnering with companies that are already in the government is an excellent way to get in. Now there are of course their own sets of challenges of partnering with existing companies, especially traditional companies, if you're a small business, but they are under a lot of pressure to be more innovative and bring in non-traditional companies. And so this is a great time, if ever there was, to partner with these companies and to start developing your past experience, past performance capabilities within the government space. So there you go. That was a ton. Wow. Uh, I might have to make videos out of this video to kind of break down these individual topics. But Mitchell, really appreciate you reaching out and giving me something to talk about tonight. I hope this was helpful for everybody else as well. If it was, give me a thumbs up. Again, if you're tired of staring at me, uh, please check out the podcasts on, on whatever your favorite podcast distributor is and uh, start following me there. Otherwise, subscribe. And until next week, cheers.